2: Plates. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today, where I welcome Dr. Tracy Daglish. And Dr. Tracy is a clinical psychologist and relationship expert who is on a mission to help couples break old relationship cycles and find joy in their relationships again. She is the owner of Integrated Wellness, a mental health practice in Ottawa, Ontario, and has been working with individuals and couples for 17 years. And today, Dr. Tracy and I talk about fairness in relationships. What is fair in a relationship and what to do if you feel like things aren't fair? How to have a conversation with your partner that's productive and that can create the change that you want in the relationship and really just make the relationship healthy and happy because you are going to build resentment. Obviously, it doesn't feel good if you think that you are carrying the load, if you are carrying the load in the relationship, whether that's with the kids, with work, just emotionally, all of these things can make it feel like it's just not fair. And Dr. Tracy gives a lot of great, beautiful, actionable tips for you guys today. As always, thank you so much for tuning in, for leaving those five star reviews on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to this show. We really, really appreciate that. If this is your first show, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Dr. Tracy. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today.
1: Hi, Chase. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me into your space.
2: Today, we're going to talk about fairness in relationships. And I thought a good place for us to start would be having you tell our listeners what fairness looks like in a relationship, how you define it, and then we'll talk about how to work towards that.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's such a tough one because I think the The piece that's going to show up here for each individual, for each couple is really, it depends and it's going to be different for you and your partnership. And I think the other piece to add in there is that it's going to be different for you depending on where you are in the season of your relationship and what kind of stressors are happening around you. So we know that the the load that each partner is going to carry in a relationship is going to be different if you know, one partner is newly postpartum. If one partner is looking for another job and has lost their job, if, you know, a family member is stressed. So what fairness looks like is really about this idea of co-creating our experiences together as a partnership and checking in back and forth of seeing how things are working.
2: Let's say someone listening is tuning in and they're like, I feel my relationship is completely one-sided. I'm doing all the work. I do all the chores or maybe emotionally I'm carrying the load. I got the kids. That doesn't feel good, obviously. Where can they start with with addressing that feeling with themselves and then with their partners? Where do they start?
1: I think the work actually has to start internally internally. And asking ourselves, what's happening here? What 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 am I missing? And one of the things I always advise couples when I'm working with them is to avoid going into any kind of conversation with, I am doing so much and you are doing nothing. Because that is a great recipe to invite the other person to be defensive and to say, look at all of these things that I'm doing. How can you say I'm doing nothing? And then away we go, right? We get into these negative communication patterns that ultimately... These couples not being able to understand their person's experience, to feel empathy and compassion together, and to problem solve. So this has to first start with you. So you listening, asking yourself, what, like, how am I doing in terms of getting my needs met? And what what does that look like day to day? Am I even just looking after my basic needs? Am I getting my, my own meals met? I'm thinking of new parents And how hard it can be to just look after our own nutrition. And if that is a struggle, then being able to look at, so what do then I need to communicate with my partner? And then to also consider shifting in terms of that load. And Chase, you're you're already making a really important piece here is that we know... From the research, and I know clinically, is that women tend to bear in our heterosexual relationships, women tend to bear the brunt of the emotional labor, the relationship labor, the household and child care labor for, for most many couples. And that's changing over time.
2: I love having specific kind of scripts for our listeners to think about and then maybe use. Obviously, you want to use your own words, but I think that's valuable. So let's say we, we ask ourselves, you know, what is feeling unfair. How are my needs being met or not met and going internally? And then we want to bring that to our partner. How can we do that in a way to not put our partner on the defensive so that we can have a productive conversation?
1: Mm-hmm. When it comes to this kind of conversation, let's first think about the time and space that you're in. This is not a door handle conversation. A door handle conversation is a great way for things to be dismissed or minimized or yes, yes, I hear you. And then there's no change. These are table conversations or sitting on the couch. And I love recommending to couples that they sit shoulder to shoulder at the table and put the problem in front of them. What often happens in our relationship is that people... Play tennis back and forth. They're playing singles and they're trying to find the bad guy. Who's the problem here? And we'll say, we kind of project it outward, right? Well, if you were doing more, then I wouldn't feel this. I wouldn't feel resentful. I wouldn't feel angry. I wouldn't be overwhelmed. Maybe I'd like to have more sex. All of that shows up. Rather than being shoulder to shoulder and playing doubles and saying, let's look at the ball coming at us. How are we going to approach this together? So finding that time to have a table conversation, again, not in the bedroom. I always say to people, save your bed for sleep and sex only and have that conversation elsewhere in the house. And in inviting your partner into a space of, I want us to talk about this because this is about us and being connected and close and feel ultimately feeling good. That's what these conversations are about. And always, always start with giving positive feedback to your partner. What's going well in your relationship right now? What's working? How do you feel close? What do you appreciate about them? What are you grateful for about them? And Chase, when I say that, I know this is really difficult because when we become entrenched in our negative cycles and those patterns of blame and defensiveness, criticism, it can be really hard to go into this conversation with that empathy, that compassion and warmth. But starting in that place really invites our partner to put their defenses down and to say, oh, they do see what I'm doing oh, they do appreciate that I play a role here and that I'm part of this team. And then being able to share with our partners from that I feel and I need position. And it's not the, I feel that you never help out and the load is always on me, but it's more the core softer emotions that we stop sharing over time, which is I feel overwhelmed, I feel anxious, I feel sad. I feel lonely. And that need might be connected to, I need support in this area. I need something to shift for us. I need us to make this list of all of the things that we're doing, both of us in the household, managing our children, managing our relationship, and then start creating a, a different divide between us so that we can be a better team.
2: I love the the team framework and getting to that mindset, because it is so easy to be adversarial or just like me, me, me. And it's like, wait, we're we're a couple. We need to support this third entity, the relationship, right? It's you, me and the relationship. And just the very practical tips you gave, but of how you make the time and space for that conversation is is such a great tool to start on the right foot. Of sitting shoulder to shoulder, I like to, I don't always do it, but in, in past relationships, I'll try to like, hey, create the time and space and then say, hey, can can we hug for a second, connect physically, have a good hug, maybe take a couple breaths together to really like co-resonate and then and I think individually that puts me in a in a good space to come from those deeper emotions and not the the more shallow reptilian brain of I'm um, frustrated and angry yeah so yeah. so that's so beautiful the the shoulder to shoulder
1: you 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 highlight something so beautiful there I don't want us to miss it is that for some people accessing those deeper emotions and receiving feedback can really trigger a shame spiral So when I think of many men in my therapy room, that when they get feedback from their partner, they immediately get defensive because underneath that, it's triggering often these core beliefs for men that I work with, not all men, but many that sound like I'm inadequate. I never do enough. I'm failing. Look here, she's telling me all the things that I'm not doing. So again, I'm never good enough for my partner. And when we can tap into that physical connection first as a way of creating safety between two people, it's a really powerful way for our partners, if we think of even their nervous systems, for their nervous systems to feel soothed and calmed and connected before then going into that hard piece of of feedback. And the other thing too that I say to to couples is, especially if one partner perhaps is more avoidant or struggles to tap into this type of conversation, go for a walk, be side-by-side doing a task if you're making a meal together. Because then again, that activation in your body is helping you to stay connected and not get so dysregulated and flooded in what's being shared.
2: We talked about, the subjectivity of fairness and every situation is going to be different. The stages of a relationship, if you have kids, if you just lost your job, but there is, well, I don't know. I'll ask you like there, there seems to be that there would be a rather objective line of fairness in asking ourselves that, and maybe going to a therapist to have a third party go, Hey, you might feel like it's fair and you're okay carrying this kind of load, but like you're killing yourself with driving the kids, every whatever. So how can someone navigate that? Uh, Certainly, we always encourage going to a therapist. I think that can be helpful. But let's say if they want to do something now to really examine, "Eh, it feels like I'm okay carrying this load. It is a lot, but they kind of just swallow it. Can you speak to that kind of situation?
0: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month, and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around.
1: Oh, that swallowing is such a hard one, uh, and we have to try to understand what's happening for you. If you are continuing to justify how this is feeling for you, and so what's that about? Is that about you were never able to share your feelings and needs as a child, and/or if you did, you were said, "Don't be ridiculous. You're too sensitive. You're too much." So you stuff them all down. So what? So my question is, what's leading you to justify? carrying this heavy load, um, asking yourself, what's the long-term cost here of continuing to go this way? So you keep telling yourself this is okay. And my question often with clients is, and how will you feel in two years or five years? And what's the cost of you continuing to do it this way? How connected to your values are you of what's truly meaningful during this time? So so I think thats that, is that Hmm. Let's see. Is is someone going to be stepping into... So, So this is where it gets tricky, right? So if someone says, yes, it's fine, it's fine. But then when your partner is late, or they didn't do something they said they would, what's your response? Are you still connected, understanding, compassionate and empathic to them? Or do you flip into resentment, rage and anger? Because we all have a boiling pot of water and we all have to find ways to take the lid off and let the steam out. And if you continue to hold the lid on and it continues to boil over time, everybody boils over. This, it's a human experience. So are you then in some way feeling resentful to your partner? Are you withholding physical connection or intimacy in some way, or maybe you don't want to have sex, or maybe desire is low. And so we know that partners who carry a heavy load also too, that will impact their desire over time.
2: I love that question to ask ourselves is what is the long-term cost of this behavior? Because I think especially, you know, we all want to be loved and we want to give love. And depending on the stage of the relationship, we might do things that Long term are not sustainable, you know, and, and mm. we're going above and beyond, and that can feel good. And and seasons change in a relationship and individually, but I think checking in when it comes to fairness or all aspects of a relationship and asking ourselves what is the long term cost of this behavior, and it can be such a, a valuable exercise.
1: One of the most powerful things we can ask ourselves is, "What did I see my parents do?" and what did I think about that? And what am I doing today? So for example, um, did you ever see your mom sit down? And then for myself now as a mother, i um, asking myself, when do I let my children see me sit down? And when do I ever let myself sit down? Because there's a significant cost to continuing to shoulder it over time. And Eve Rotsky is doing a fantastic job talking about this in her books, Fair Play and Unicorn Space. Find your unicorn space, where there is research that shows that if you, as a woman, only continue to give to your children for those years, you wake up when their kids are eight, nine, ten, and your gas tank is empty, and you have this: Who am I? Whoa! What's left of me? And Then the question here is, well, what am I modeling to my children in terms of what it means to look after the self, but then also what it means to be in relationship with another person?
2: Such important questions to ask. And I love that deeper look into what our parents did, because, of course, we're going to model what we saw. Even if it's subconsciously, a lot of times it is, and it's why
1: unconscious. (laughs) Yes,
2: and and that's why this work is so beautiful and important, and why we learn so much in relationships. Because if we're sitting in a room by ourselves, we're not, we're not going to go. Oh, this is how I'm modeling, you know, my my father's behavior, my mother's behavior. The example you gave of like sitting down, it just made me think to my mom, and just like how. Much I saw her sacrifice and I didn't see her like sitting down and and this isn't a judgment on my father at all. I think my mom did it happily, but it it is interesting how obviously that impacts us. This is nothing new, but it's, I think it's important to, to revisit, to have that modeling. I don't think I've, I've done that. It's to really have a visual of what, what my dad did in just a very routine daily basis, not even from a psychoanalysis of it, but like, how did he move through the world as it related to me? And now how am I doing that with my daughter in my relationships? It's such a, such a great reminder.
1: I think that can come back to the fairness too in our relationships in the sense of, again, how did our parents talk about the load and everything between them and then how we carry those assumptions and expectations into our relationship today. And so you're, you were asking if someone kind of just keeps saying, yes, I'm doing it all. It's fine. I can keep doing it. Um, That might be an expectation on yourself that is worth examining or If every time they're, you know, I like to use the common example of my husband leaving his socks on the floor, right? And it's such a silly example. And when we're close and connected, I can say, oh, the socks. Yeah. He had a big meeting today and I can pick those up and put them in the laundry bin and we're good. But when we're further apart, when we're both stressed, um, I see those socks and I have this assumption in my head, he never helps out. He never picks up after himself. I always have to do it, right? So that I build these narratives inside of us, our own perceptions, particularly if we are disconnected and further apart. And that erodes at our relationship.
2: I love that point. And that's something I've been trying to work on is checking in with where I'm at and how that's coloring my feelings. Like that, again, seems basic. Yeah, do that. But like to make it a constant practice is not... Just intrinsically in us, you know, it doesn't seem to be and we're certainly not taught it in how much I can be like, man, I, I'm, I'm super irritable and you create this narrative and it's like, well, I, I didn't sleep well or well, we haven't really been connecting. We haven't had sex in two weeks, this or that. We've been busy. And how much that colors the ideas of of ourselves and in our relationship.
1: And then the next piece is, what do I do with that? Do I turn toward my partner with compassion and kindness and say, gosh, I really miss you? Or do we turn away from them and shut down and we spend more time on our phone? Or do we turn towards them unkindly and say, well, I guess you're not even attracted to me because we'll never have sex again, right? So, so absolutely. And Chase, you know, the piece here that is so important for us to understand about the human mind is that just the way we are built that negative thoughts, perceptions, assumptions stick to us. They're like Velcro. They are loud, they're sticky, they spiral. And positive ones, the ones where you see your partner doing the thing with your kids, the one where they actually do put their cup into the dishwasher, or the moments where you're laughing together after work, those positive moments slide off like Teflon. And uh, the, re- the research by the Gottmans talk about the five to one ratio, that for every one negative comment we make to our partner, we need five positive comments to outweigh that negative, which just goes to show how heavy those negative assumptions and thoughts can stick to us. And that that's a self work, right? So in that relationship dynamic, there are always those different parts, the self, the other, and then the dynamic that unfolds with you. And we've got to be willing And so often, Chase, I'm sure you understand this with all the conversations you've had with others and your own work. And, you know, we are so good at pointing our fingers at the other people, at the other person. That's a way of staying safe. It's the way of not having to feel hard and uncomfortable feelings inside of us. But the work really comes from starting to go within ourselves and saying, what's happening for me in this moment? What am I feeling? What do I need? What's missing for me? Before
0: we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Hey, Love Tribe. I just want to ask you a few questions. I want to know why you guys are here. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? Do you want to feel truly heard? Are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you wanna feel more emotionally connected with your partner? And let's not forget about the fun. Do you long for those fun, giggly moments at the beginning of your relationship? Over the last decade of hosting this podcast with Chase, these have been our top questions and we get it, we've been there. And that's why we created Spark My Relationship Course, because we wanted to put the tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. So we're offering this course, Spark My Relationship, for only $100 until April 6th. In less than 90 days, this self-paced course will help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner, all while having fun doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. This offer is only going to last until Saturday, April 6th. So head on over to our website, sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 at checkout to get the course for only $100. That's nearly 60% off and it won't last. The sale ends April 6th. That's sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code flash24 to get our course for only $100. Hey, Love Tribe, I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock.
2: The five to one ratio is also a great reminder for having a a strong gratitude practice. You know, because of our negativity bias, it's so easy to go down this hole in relationships and work and and life, but to really make it a constant practice of what am I grateful for? Reminding yourself, oh, my partner, you know, took out the trash and doing that every day. It's a good reminder for me. (laughs) I want to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's also, it's it's really cool. People often say like, oh, gratitude, like that's fluff. Actually, no, it's not. Because research shows that in a stressful moment, when you tap into gratitude, your brain actually down-regulates the stress response system and it activates the relaxed system, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. And so if we're in this moment of spiraling and then we can shift into the breath, and then uh, you know, expressing that gratitude in some way. What am I grateful for in this moment? Okay, I'm grateful that we are healthy, and my partner is here with me. That down regulates us out of that downward, that downward spiral of negativity.
2: I love that. Well, let's shift to a negative situation where no matter how much we're reminding ourselves of how grateful we are for our partner, it still wouldn't feel good if you're having this conversation, you're bringing up your needs shoulder to shoulder and your partner might be just pushing back. You know, let's say they're getting defensive. They're saying, what are you talking about? This is definitely a situation that someone can find themselves in. What can you do at that point of the conversation to deescalate and, and try to get your partner back on your team?
1: Mm, try to get your partner back on your team. When, when I, whenever I hear that, I'm always like, Ooh, we have to be so careful because we can't control the other people. We only get to control what we do and how we show up and how we respond. So with that being said, I think one of the most important things we can recognize is that we can predict how the other person is going to respond. We're we're pretty consistent in our behaviors as humans. We do change over time. But if you notice you're spiraling with your partner, ask yourself, what am I doing? And what are they doing? So start to get to know what that negative cycle looks like. Is it blame? Is it defensiveness? Is it shutting down and walking away? And then prepare yourself for that. And when you feel yourself starting to escalate, and this comes, I, I work within the Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy Framework. And this helps couples understand that underneath these fights about socks and dishes, in laws and sex, is that we all have these core longings and needs and softer emotions that are not being shared anymore. And that's creating this disconnection and the spiraling into the cycle. So in those moments, we want to learn to recognize that cycle when we're in it and to actually press pause and to step out of it. It doesn't, it's not meant to be any. any kind of formal or even this pretty like experience it's more of this putting our hand up and saying whoa hang on let's stop for a minute I said something and it's kind of leading us to spiral out of control here let's press pause and see where we're at so for some people that's enough For other people, they might say, okay, we need to take 20 minutes and go do another task. Don't do a task and like ruminate on all of the things that they're saying. Do a task to help you get regulated and calm again, and then come back to that conversation at another time. That's better for both of you. That pause is so important. If you are able to go forward, you can ask things like, I I think you heard me say it this way. Maybe you can tell me what you understood or what you heard me say. Let me try again. Or what's happening for you as I say that, right? It, it, it's a lot of meta communication, which is a tricky skill because a lot of us aren't taught that. But remembering that when we start to spiral in that, Other stuff is usually fueling it. And so when... Let's even talk about, say, resentment as an example. When a lot of people come to me and say, I resent my partner. This isn't the relationship I wanted. I'm really struggling here. We start to go into what are those unmet needs and longings that you're having? And from women, I'll hear things like, I feel like I don't matter. I feel like I'm not important. They never make time for me. Um, I just feel like a taskmaster here in the home. And then when we start to connect that to needs, it looks like I need time. I need us to put our phones down and to connect intentionally. And then when we can get of that spiraling and start to share from that softer place that invites our partner then to come to us and say, oh, right, okay you're not coming to me because of the black socks on the floor. You're saying to me that you miss me and we need a date night because it's been so busy with the kids and all the things.
2: That's really the place we want to get to, right? And and it's constant work, but that's our life's work really in relationship is to, to understand what's going on within ourselves. And then also to, to be able to recognize with your partner, like maybe your partner's getting angry as you bring this and upset. And instead of just, going down that negative cycle going, you know what? I can see you're upset. Let, let's go for a walk. In really taking the power back to yourself of, like you said, not trying to change your partner in that situation, not saying, Hey, just listen to me. Why are you being defensive? Just saying, Okay, let's take a step back. And that's really like <laughs> the Jedi master work. I feel like, you know, that's like what I want to work towards to be able to consistently do that. Because sure, you can do that if you're not stressed with your job or your kid. And and you're in a good space. It's it's easier. But can you do that when you're stressed out all these things? And and that's just the human experience and all the learning and and mastery we have to work towards. So I love all of these tools and tips that you've given today. I've scribbled down a lot of notes for myself. And I know our listeners have as well. So thank you so much, Dr. Tracy. Before we wrap up, are there any things that uh, maybe we skipped over or something you want to emphasize before we say goodbye?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I I want people to understand that it's often, it's really hard to build a healthy connection and that... There is something that we are constantly needing to work towards in our relationship, which is for many of us, we are so afraid of dependency and codependency and fusion together that we then swing into complete independence and walling ourselves up. But what our goal is, is to find interdependence, which is... It's at the crux of what we need in our relationships, which means that I am a self and you have a separate self and we are both okay. And when you can start making space for you and your partner having two different experiences and neither one of you right or wrong, I think that can really start to shift a relationship. And I cover that more in my book that's coming out very soon.
2: Yes. Thank you for that. And I wanted to have you share with our listeners where they can find you online a little bit about your book and and then we'll wrap up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chase. My book is coming out September 12th. So come and find me. The best places to say hello to me over on Instagram. My handle is at Dr. Tracy D. am in my DMs. Please let me know what stood out for you from today, from listening to Chase and I chat. And then my book, it's over on my website, DrTracyD.com forward slash book. It's called I Didn't Sign Up For This. And... I take you through real life stories of helping couples on my couch, learning to heal old wounds and find joy in their relationship. And through the case stories, I also add a twist. I put my own marriage in the book so that people can understand that despite knowing all of these tools, relationships are just so incredibly hard.
2: Well, I love that you do that because that is an important reminder Um, for us all. So we will have those links in our show notes and on our website. And thank you for taking the time to come on the
1: show. Thank you so much, Chase.
0: with your partner, or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day.
2: You are listening to a pleasure podcast.